man, before we get uh, into the text today, I just want to kind of, those of you that are new, those of you that have been here, some of you may kind of feel a little panic inside, don't know, like, what, is that, what does this mean, right? And so I want you to understand something is, this is something God's been stirring in our hearts for over a year. And, and one of the things is, uh, every Tuesday, the campus pastors, we all get together and we just spend time together and say, hey, what, it's kind of like our own little connect group. And so we're spending time together, and one, about a year ago, we were reading through Titus, and this, this section of Scripture came, came up, and it really made us start thinking about where, where we need to go next. Because we knew that planting campuses were just the beginning, not the end, okay? And so here's the thing. First Titus chapter 1 says, in verse 5, it says, The reason I left you in Crete was that you might put in order what was left unfinished and appoint elders in every town. And so we realized that, that when in every church, the only elder, the only person doing leadership was the pastor. And, and so that's not really correct. And a, lot of, and a lot of times people think that our churches, the, every campus, like I've been the dictator. Like I do it, I say what to do, and y'all do it. And, and, and that's, not how, that's not my heart, and that's not what it is. And so uh, we're, we're transitioning to us being our own entity, to us, uh, every campus, being its own church. We're still going to be called Connection Church. Uh, nothing's changing. We're still going to do ministry the same way. It's just, it's all about us and God. There's no safety net. There's no, hey, if we fail, state's first going to you know, bail us out. That's not it. It's, it's us seeking after God and letting God do amazing things. And I'm excited about that. I don't know about you guys. But I'm excited because what happens that gives us this extreme just opportunity to see God move for us to pray. I think when we, we have a, when we have a backup plan, it's almost like, well, if this don't work, we're going to fall back on this. And to realize that there is no plan B. It's, we're going to seek God, do what he says, and go with it. Amen? And it, 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 it takes us out of the safety net mentality we've had. You know, one thing when we got started, I don't know if you know this, but when we got started, like when God put the burden on my heart to plant this church in Midland, I reached out to Brandon because I knew he was the only person that I knew that knew anything about planting a church. And so as Brandon and I started having, we've been friends for a while, and as we started talking about planting church and planting the church and different things, he said, Jeremy, we could help you better if y'all became a campus, but if you're not a campus, we're still going to help you. It's just the financial burden of getting started. And so becoming a campus, it propelled us to do ministry like, we five, well, like we're five years old when we were only a month old. And, and so it, it helped us reach people faster. And Brandon's heart through this whole thing, when there's been struggles, Brandon's like, hey, man, if you think y'all, we need to separate, now we're good. I, it's ain't about us. It's about us reaching reach people for the kingdom. And so that's, that's been our heart from the whole beginning. And so the only things that, that are really going to change I won't even experience that. The only things that's going to change is, is, is uh, me going to God instead of me going to Brandon. You with me? And so it, it's cool what, what, what God's doing in that. And I, I want you to understand the benefits of us being a Thomas is us being able to see God do amazing things. The other thing is it allows us to, to kind of cultivate our ministry model a little bit more diversified so that we are reaching the people in our communities. And so the way we've been doing it, it's been a very general, very broad plan so that we can 
it works in from, it works from Pooler to Millen. But as we know, there's different people that live in Millen or Sylvania or, or Burke County than live in Pooler, Georgia. Y'all with me? We, 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 so we, we got to change our model a little bit so that we are reaching those people. And, and those things will come up later as we talk more about it. But that's just one of the things. I want to understand that it, to me, my heart is like I want to reach the people that God's got right here in front of me. The Bible says we should reach those in front of us and those around us and then the world around us. Y'all with me? And so that, that's kind of, kind of where we are in that. Um, I think this also gives us the opportunity to be able to be more missional-minded for us. How can we reach the people around me? And I understand there's people in the congregation that, that attend connect groups and everything. You're, you're from Scriven County. You're from Burke County. You're from Emmanuel County. And this isn't just about milling. This is about you reaching people in your community. Amen? Us doing this together and, I, and, and God giving us the tools. And the other thing that I love is for us to be able to be a church that's elder-led, not pastor-led. That, that it don't, if, if, I get hit, if I get killed, on the, I don't want the ministry to stop because I died. Or God called me and surrendered to South America. You know, I don't want because I left. There's men in this church that have the same vision, the same heart that I do. And, God's, and, we're going, and what's, what we're going to do is it's going to give you guys my end to be able to, to either accept the elders or say, no, those guys are losers. We want, some, we want you to give us some more to pick from. That was a joke, okay, all right? And, and, and what an elder-led church is, what happens is I don't have all the say. There's going to be three of us on the board to begin with. And what happens is... We vote, we, we're going to pray about direction, and, and I have one vote. I don't have them, I don't, and if, if the other guys don't like that direction or they feel like I'm off, it's a check so that we're going. And you know what? If I mess around and, and, and fall off the bandwagon and, and start go, going back into addiction again, these guys can haul me up and remove me if I need to be. And I want that. I want that accountability because this isn't about Jeremy Lindsay. This is about Jesus and us reaching people for Christ in community around us. Amen? And so I love that part about it. And so um, I know some of you are going to have questions, but here's where we are at the moment. Okay, right now. We already have our 501c3 submitted. Um, all our accounts are already separated. Um, in about two months, we will be operating financially on our own. Okay, um, everything that you give uh, in, in the offering, as always, came to our campus. The one-in-one one that you give toward one-in-one, one, that's what we use as a church to plant churches, to now for, to buy land. Amen? And so um, giving the one-in-one one is separated. All right, so every dime you give the one-in-one one comes to our church. And so... Um, some of you need to start writing generous checks. I'm just, I'm just kidding, but really. Um, but anyway, and so that, that's, that's, how we, that's how we do ministry. And so the account stuff is already set up. There's some programs, some systems that, that are going to change, but we've got to set some things in place. We've got to get our website set up. Um, and, and some of those little small intricate details is going to happen. But the plan is, is by April, Vidalia and Newland Campus will have rolled off as their own church fully autonomous, but we're, all, we're going to work as a network of churches so that we can still help each other plant churches. We just won't be, you know, states, the Statesboro campus won't be able to dictate what we do. I bet you could say that. 
and, and, and so we, we're able to make decisions on our own, fix ministry the way we think needs, needs to be done here, and do the things that God's called us to do here locally. Like anybody excited? All right, all right. All right. So in the next few months, um, we're gonna, I, I'm going to start explaining what the eldership's going to look like and kind of, and we're going to, we're going to, um, I'm going to, I guess, um, present the two gentlemen that I feel like God's told me that we need to put on, establish the elder board with, and you'll have some time to accept or deny those guys, and we'll talk about that process then, okay? And so that's the, kind of the next step that we have. And so I'm just excited, guys. All morning, I haven't, I haven't been this got giddy inside of me in a long time. And for the last two months, God has renewed a passion in me that, that I felt like the last two years has been trying to get out of me. You know, sometimes, sometimes just, just the grind of life can do that, right? And it can, take, it can just suck the joy out of you. And then one thing is if you have the you have Lord, you should have joy, right? Joy is in the Lord. And so it's just like life was sucked out of me. And I told my wife the other day, I said, man, I, I finally feel like, I, you know, who I once was. I feel like I, I'm happy again. And, and, and you know, guys, I'm going to tell you that I really feel like the best days are ahead of us. But what do we say here? The best is yet to come, right? And it's just we step into it. And so we're going to talk about something God led on my heart. And we're going to be in the book of Esther today. And uh, I'm going to pray and then we'll jump into the word. Uh, Father, we thank you once again for how good you are. And God, we thank you for next steps. We thank you, God, for allowing us to uh, just to make the steps that you called us to make. And, and Lord, I, I thank you, Lord, for ordering our steps. I thank you, Lord, for having purpose for our life. And uh, I just can't wait, Lord, to see what you're going to do, um, Lord, in, in Millen and in Vidalia and in Pooler and in Dublin and in Stakesburg, God. I just I pray, God, for all five campuses right now, God, that, that you, just, you would move in a powerful way in their services. God, you would speak to us here. And God, we would experience you more than we ever have. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So the book of Esther, uh, as I was praying about what to say tonight, today, uh, God just kind of laid the book of Esther on my heart, which is um, some of you are like, Esther, where's that at? Well, Esther is in the Old Testament, and it's, it's smack in between Nehemiah and Job. And some of you will look at me like, that still don't help me. Well, there's something in the front of your Bible called the Table of Contents. And <laughs> just kidding. But that's where, that's where it sits. And I love this, this little book. I love this book of Esther. Um, and I'm going to give you some context, okay, before we get into the Scripture. We'll be in chapter 4. But Esther is, is, is a woman that she was a, she was a Jewish girl that her parents had died, and she was left orphaned. And so her cousin, Mordecai, adopted her and, and brought her into, her into his house and raised her as his own. And so uh, I'm thankful for that. How many of y'all got cousins you think you could depend on to do that for you? Don't raise your hand. Okay, I got one raise your hand. Good deal. You know, it shows how, 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 how tight-knit they were, how close they were. And it's cool that Mordecai stepped up and did that. But as you think about this, is, is when... When this happened, Esther was a very beautiful woman. And so uh, the, through, the, through, through this book, the king that day, his, his wife had done something he didn't like, so he pretty much just kicked her out, and he was looking for him a new one. All right, so, so he's the king, right? So he puts out this edict, looking for a new wife. He, he put out his advertisement in the paper, you know. 
I'm looking for a new wife, and he's the king. He can pick anybody he wants, right? It's more like a beauty contest for the king. So all of the, the finest of the fine show up, and they got, this, they got this beauty contest, and all these pretty women are showing up, and he's picking. He's looking, I like that one. How about number five? How about number four? Nah, six ain't no good. You know, he's picking what he wants. And he gets down, and of all the people that make it, this little Jewish girl named Esther, he picks. And she brings her into his harem, and now she is went from an orphan to royalty. It's a beautiful picture of what salvation does in our life, how we once were orphans, and because of Jesus, now we're royalty if we follow him. But this, this, this happens, this scene happens, and, and so Esther, she now enjoying what, what, man, what, what royalty is. Like, she's finally, like, she's got pretty dresses. She gets, she's got unlimited food. She's got all the things that she's always wanted. She's got prestige. People are looking at her like, man, I want to be like Esther. When she once, she was just a little orphan girl that nobody wanted. All these things are cool and it's happening. And now, and Mordecai, he's, he, he's, he's, goes by the palace to check on her. He can't go in because he's a Jew, but he, he sends word every now and then to, to check on her to see how she's doing. Well, this man named Haman gets to be um, second in command, and, and Haman is full of himself. So he wants people to worship him, and he, he puts out this, 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 this edict that if you don't worship me, then you're going to get killed pretty much. So he's coming down the street, and if, and if he walked up, you had to bow to him. And here, man, Mordecai, he's, he's, he's a follower of Christ. He's a follower of God. He don't, he's not going to serve anyone else. And when he's commanded to bow down to Haman, Mordecai don't bow. He just stands there, and it infuriates Haman to the fact where not only did he want to kill Mordecai, but he said, I want to kill his whole entire race because his whole race thinks just like he does. Trying to commit genocide of the whole Jewish people. All this is going down. And here's this pretty little Jewish girl up in the palace. Little did Haman know that Esther was a Jew. So he was trying to kill the king's wife and didn't even know it. It's a bad place to be, right? And so you find in this text, we're right, here, we're right here where we get to chapter 4, is where now... She looks out in the street and she sees her, her, her cousin. She sees her, her adopted father walking the streets with, with sackcloth and ashes, which is a sign of mourning. And she's like, oh, Lord, what's going on? So she, sends, she writes a letter that, wanting to find out what's going on. And Mordecai tells her what's going on. He tells her what, what, what's happened. And he's begging her to act on their behalf. And right here is where we find this conversation. And as in, uh, in Esther chapter 4, verse 9, it says, in verse 10, it says, Then she instructed him to say to Mordecai, All the king's officials and the people of the royal providence know that for any man or woman who approaches the king in his inner court without being summoned, the king... Sorry, remember, without being summoned, the king has but one law, that they be put to death, unless the king extends the golden scepter to them and spares their lives. But 30 days have passed since I have been called to the king. 
So she's telling him, I know you want me to go and petition, but, but see, you know this, that I, in order for me to go to the king, like, I have, to, I have to gain permission. Like, I have to be wanted to go to the king. And if I go, look, Mordecai, look, don't you understand? If I go to the king and he doesn't extend that scepter, like, I'm going to die. And, and y'all, we cool and all, but I ain't willing to die for you. I know we family, and I know you stuck out your neck for me, but I ain't willing to do it right now because, man, I've been this little orphan girl, and I finally got what I always wanted. I'm finally where I wanted to be. I'm finally in this spot. See, she had forgotten where she'd come from. And she had gotten comfortable where she was. And when we get comfortable where we are, we are unwilling to take risk for anybody else. And she had gotten here in this place and it really, had, I got, it really had forgotten what was going on. She's like, I want you to understand what, what could happen here. If I step out and hit on the, I could die. See, so many of us are in the same place as she was. God's calling us to greater things, but yet we're unwilling to step out into that because we're willing about, we're worried about what it might cost us. Worried about it might cost us popularity. It might cost me some money. It might cost me some time. It might cost me some friends. It might even cost me some family. I ain't willing to step out of that right now, God. How many of us have been just like Esther? He's calling us to something greater, something we were even made for, but yet we're not willing to step into it because of our comfortableness, because of what we have. Some of us grew up poor, and we worked our butts off, and finally we've got a little something, and we're not willing to let go of our little something because if I let go of my little something, then that means I go back to what I never had anything. And what happens is what you've worked for your whole life becomes your God. You're not willing to let go of that to please God. You know, and it's crazy how this all this ties in. But see, I want you to understand, we lose faith when we when we take our eyes off of the prize. See, she lost. She didn't have the faith. She was like, no, I, I'm not doing this. She took her eyes off her, off her purpose. She got a little pride for her position. It's easy to lose focus. Amen. It's easy to get caught up in life and lose focus. It's easy to get caught up in, in what you have to do. It's easy to get caught up in, look, I got to go there. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to make this amount of money. I got to pay this bill. I got to pay that bill. And you're doing all this life, and you hadn't even put Jesus in the mix. You didn't even put God in any of that. And your whole life is made up on you, but you got Jesus on the side because you got him on Sunday. And when he asks us to do something outside of the normal, we're like, well, hold up, God. That don't fit in my plan. See, when we lose focus of the mission of God, then, we're, then we settle for where we are. And we're not willing to sacrifice for anybody. And that's just where Esther was at. She had lost focus. But my man Mordecai, he was what's up. Now, he didn't play no games. How, how many of y'all like love somebody that's going to shoot you straight? Huh? That's, that's how, that's, I want somebody to shoot me straight. I don't like nobody that's going to skirt around the truth. Well, here comes my man Mordecai. You'll like Mordecai. Mordecai says... When Esther's words had reported to Mordecai, he sent back his answer. Do not think that because you are in this king's house, you alone of all the Jews will escape. Don't just think that just because you're up there means that you're not going to get killed. Don't think because you're the king's wife 
that when they, that somebody's not going to out you. What are you saying? That's kind of reality check, isn't it? Sometimes we get a little full of ourselves, don't we? Well, it is, life is about me. And, and what that tells me sometimes is don't, Jeremy, don't think more of yourself than you think you are because God will humble you. And that goes for us as a church. We can't think more of who we are than who God has called us to be. If not, he'll humble us. And I don't like to be humbled by God. But he says, For if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows? But that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. He just says, I'm going to leave this right here. I'm going to drop this bomb on you. I'm going to leave this right here. You know, he, he's trying to remind her. He's trying to remind her, look, I want you to understand. Things just don't happen. You're not here for it. For, for just, it just happened that way. He's trying to remind her of what she, who she was. Look, you're still a Jew. You still were an orphan. It's only by the divine hand of God that you are where you are right now. See, some of us need to remember that. We are where we are because of God's divine purpose. Now, some of us went through a lot of hell to get where we are right now. Some of us have been through a lot of junk. Some of us are still in some junk. I ain't getting no amens. But we've got to realize that all those things is, is, is God trying to teach us something. I know all the junk I've been through, it's been for the purpose of being able to have empathy toward other people and to love people that are in the same place that I once was. To, to give somebody some wisdom of, hey, you don't want to do that because you're going to end up like this. Amen? That's why I love spending time with, with Mr. Nick. Mr. Nick is, is, is an is a older fellow. He's not elderly. And so, and, and I love talking to him. I'm like, well, what do you think about that? And he's like, well, you don't, I don't know if you want to do that because if you do that, this could happen. He's seeing things from a lens that's walked it long, longer than I have. See, guys, we've got to be able to, to really look at life and say, I'm here. Not woe is me that I'm here, but what am I? God, what are you trying to teach me where I'm at right now? And so many times we, are, we're in our, we, get, we get so caught up on where we, we've arrived. Like, like, she done got that mentality. I started from the bottom, now I'm here. Y'all with me? Like, I made it. I made it. All y'all other losers didn't make it, but I'm here. Y'all got to fend for yourself. Come on. How many, how many, I mean, we get that arrogant sometimes. Like, I can't help you struggling right now. But me and mine's, we good. You forgot when you were, you didn't know where the light bill money was going to come from. You, you forgot where you didn't know if, if the hook man was going to pick up your car. Y'all with me? You, you didn't, maybe I ain't speaking your language, but I, this, is how, this is how we roll in my house. I mean, it's so easy to forget. And I think we need to constantly come to God. And because when we constantly come to God, what happens is he reminds me. He reminds me of where I was, who I once was, and who I am now. And that always brings me back to a humble heart. of like, God, I want to serve you. I want to do whatever you want to. Mordecai was telling Esther, he's like, look, it's time for action. Look, girl, you've been sitting around playing pretty way too long. What are you saying? I'm trying, to, I'm trying to help y'all understand his language here. Y'all with me? 
You've been playing house too long. You've been wearing fancy dresses. You've been just eating king's food. It's time for you, girl, to get your hands dirty, finally. Y'all with me? He's trying to, trying to get her. Look, it's time. See, he, I think he's telling some of us, too. It's time for us to get off our butt. We've been sitting on our hands too long. It's time for us to get our hands dirty. It's time for us to do life with somebody. It's time for us to say, hey, I love you, and I want to walk with you through this. Amen? No amens. All right, then. Well, I'm doing it. He's, that's what he's telling us to do. He's like, look, it's time for us to, to walk. What we say, we're, we're, gonna be, we're, we're in this position because of who we are. God put us here. See, God made her the way he made her for, for, for the place that she was going to be in. You know, and I read that, I kind of get upset. I was like, God made her pretty, and he made me. Well, you know, I mean, I'm like, man, why didn't I get some of that? I mean, she was irresistible. She was the finest of the fine, and here I am just kind of like, I mean, my wife thinks that, but they ain't me. You know, it's just like, God, why didn't I get a little, just a little dose of it? I mean, some of, some of us fell out of the ugly tree and hit every branch on the way down. You know what I'm saying? We didn't get a douse of that. And I think he was trying to remind her, look, don't forget of who you are. God made you perfectly this way so that you'd be in this position for this time to deliver your people. And we, gotta, can't, we can't forget that God has made us who we are. We are in the place that we are right now to make a difference with the people around us in this moment. Stop getting caught up on you and get caught up on him. Because the more you focus on him, the less your, your situation is going to matter. The more you get caught up on him, the less you're going to worry about your feelings and how you feel in this moment. The more you get caught up on him, the more you can be willing to step out on faith instead of laying back in comfort. And that's what he's trying to tell her. He's saying, look, it's time to get out of your comfort zone and get involved. It's time for you to get out. It's time for you to step out. See, it's time for some of us in this room to step out of this deadness, of this Sunday morning religion. And I hear, you hear me preach it all the time, and you're going to hear me preach it until Jesus takes me home because there's nothing life-giving in religion. Some of you need to step out of this Sunday morning. I'm just going to go to church, and y'all need to start following Jesus in the morning. Y'all need to start spending time with him every day this week. Y'all need to start seeking God with all your heart and allow him change, to change your life. Because you won't, you'll keep going through the same deadness. of not, And some of you don't even really believe what you say you believe because you're not walking it out. Can I get an amen? I'm just saying, it's like we've got to start walking this thing out. And, and, and it's dead and it's dying. I sat down with a guy this past week. It breaks my heart. A guy that, that I know, that, that I, I, I've been friends with for a while. We sit down, we're at this convention, and we're sitting down. And I slept in. And so I'm like, God, I went and got me some coffee. I was mad that I slept in. But when I, I walked up, this guy started talking. He's like, so how's the preaching going for you, son? I'm like, it's, I mean, it's going good. Why? I just don't believe in all that junk. What you mean? We started having a conversation. He began to tell me he don't believe in God. Again, my heart began to hurt for him. The whole reason he don't believe in God is because people like you and me go to church every Sunday. And we're not living what we say we're living. He don't believe that it's real because it don't show up real in our life. So he's like, How sh why should I believe what you say when I don't see it real in people who say that he's real? See, we're the biggest hindrance to Christianity because we're not walking in it. We're walking in this deadness, in this Sunday morning religion. He began to tell me that 
I went to church my whole life. I went to church as a kid. I went to church through this. He said, my dad left my mom for a woman in the choir. I was like, oh. He said, then my daddy's new wife left him for the choir director. I was like, man, you should have got another church. <laughs> and I, I was, he's like, and all them people go to church every Sunday. All them people say they read the Bible. All them people say, I said, yeah, they say, but by God's word says that you will know them by their fruits. Amen. And it breaks my heart. How many people are turned off for Jesus because we're not, because we're not on fire for God. We're not, we're not focusing on Jesus. And here's Esther right here. She's got the world at her feet. She's got the opportunity of a lifetime to make an eternal difference for so many people's lives. And she could have just sat back and said, nope, it's all about me. But what did she do? Because the love of somebody was real enough to get real and get in her grill, she changes her mind. Mordecai wanted Esther to realize, look, you're not here by chance. You're not here by, by, just, by just mere chance. I'm telling you, church, God hasn't risen us up for just this time. He hasn't risen us up by, by just being another popular church, a popular trend. He hasn't gotten you here just so this is a popular place to go to church. He wants your heart to get right and your heart to get settled and your heart to be on mission. So that when those things start colliding and start happening, there will be a movement of God in the communities around us that hell can't stomp out. Woo! I get a little excited. Church, I'm telling you that that's what Satan doesn't want. Let me tell you what Satan is scared of. A man and a woman that loves Jesus and that is going to obey him. Satan is afraid of a man and woman that are not going to back down to, to, to just how life is right now. I'm tired of religion. I'm tired of the emptiness. I'm tired of it. I want, man, I want God. I woke up this morning and I was like, I don't even know if I want to preach today, God. Can I just stay home and, be, and spend time with you? Like, can I just stay in my upstairs and, and just stay? I'll stay until you tell me to go. I, I, I'm driving home and I'm like, God, I, I just want to spend time with you. I just want to be with you. That's what he wants from out of us. I've gotten to this place, church, and I hope you do too eventually to where you realize that, look, this is great when we get to celebrate and, and, and glorify God. But you encountering God every day will never, ever, ever hold a candle to this. We've got to step into it, though. You've got to step into your walk with him, your relationship with him. He gave it to you on a silver platter, but it's your opportunity to take it. You step into it. He was calling her. I want you to understand this, too. That he was calling her to be a servant. See, a servant sacrifices. He was willing. He said, look, don't you use your position. I want you to serve God. He didn't know the outcome. She could have showed up in there and he could have killed her. But Mordecai had faith in God that if something happened to Esther, God was still going to provide a way out. Amen. He was calling her to be a servant. And until we're willing to lay down our comfortableness, until I'm able to lay down, lay down me, until you're la able to lay down your preferences and your desire, you will never be the servant God's called you to be. And that's what he's telling her. I want you to be a servant. I want you to use what I've given you for my glory. That's what he's saying. And I want you to understand that she was a prize of a woman. He said, I want you to understand that I didn't give you your beauty for no reason. 
want you to use that. See, how many of us, we tear down what God has given us? Like, oh, I'm no good at this. God can't use me here. God can't. You mean, let me tell you one thing. I remember when I got saved, people were trying to put me in all these different places, and I'm like, I can't talk to people. I can't do that. I, I can't do this. I can't. I, I, mean, I ain't got kids. I don't even like kids. Like, don't even put me with them kids. I don't, I don't, uh-uh, don't put me. If you, them kids, I'm going to tell you, at that time, if a youngin would have wiped the booger on me, I would have threw up. Like, I couldn't handle it. Don't, don't, don't put me in that. I'll tell you what I can do. I can work. If there's anything I can do, I can work. I can work. I've grown up my whole life. I've worked in the Lago Woods since I was 14 years old. I know what it's like to work. So let me work for the kingdom. I can build a house. I can build a wheelchair ramp. Boy, I can build anything. Let me work. This man in the church said, you know what? Working is. Working is giving you all, even though sometimes it ain't fun. Work is just going. And working for the kingdom means sometimes you're doing things that it ain't fun. I can remember in the Lago Woods. On Saturday, that was the most dreadful day ever because that was mechanic day. That was the day I had to work on all this junk my uncle had. And I had to work on all this stuff, and I looked like I was greasy from head to toe. Every Saturday, I would come home. Just, you couldn't even tell who I was. Hated it. But I knew that if I endured what I hated, I'd get that money in the afternoon. I was motivated by that $100 bill he was waving at me every, every Saturday. I was motivated by that money. I was pursuing. And see, that's the thing. Well, all of us, we lose focus of what the, what the prize is because we don't, we're not willing to do the work because the prize isn't great enough. And until we value Jesus more than we value ourselves, we won't be willing to be the servants he's called us to be. We'll find reasons to gripe. We'll find reasons to complain. We'll find reasons to stop doing what he's called us to do because we've lost focus of what the vision is. We lost focus of what the mission is. We lost focus of what the prize is. And Esther lost focus. See, Mordecai was trying to remind her, look, girl, look, remember, remember, we all have choices. He says, look, if you don't do this, God's going to make a way somewhere else. God wants to use you. God wants to use everyone in this room to be a blessing. But if you won't step into it, he's not, your lack of desire ain't going to change his plans. He's going to let somebody else get the blessing. He's going to let somebody else do the work. But he wants to use you, but he ain't got to have you. And so God wants to use you and say, I want you to understand something, that God's got a crazy opportunity for your life, but you got to step into it. And you can only tell God, hold up for so long until he's going to be like, put to the side, i got somebody else that's willing to do this. He's trying to remind her, look, Esther, this don't stop and end with you. You think you're something else, but look, you're just another person. God's going to pick somebody else if you don't step into what I've called you to do. He, told, he continues on, and I'm, we're going to close on this. But he, he, he reminds her. This is the most famous verse in the whole book of Esther. He says, and who knows but that you have come to your position for such a time as this. He's reminding her, Esther, now is your time. 
Now is your time. You have been, you're in this place. You went through this season of regret, of, of abandonment, of rejection, and then acceptance. And now you're in this, this lofty position. Now is your time to shine, girl. Now is your time to walk in what God's created you to be in. Now is your time to back away from the, from the, from all the, all the, like, complaints and all the issues of saying, hey, I don't belong, all the, all, all the issues of comfort, it's time for you to back up from that and step into what I've called you to do. Man, how many of y'all need God to kick you in the butt with that every morning? I placed you at this school for such a time as this. I placed you at this factory for such a time as this. I placed you at this property for such a time as this. You know what I've realized? When I show up to a job site and I got the gospel mindset, I'm looking for where God's working and I'm able to share Jesus in these hard situations. But when I show up just trying to get the job done, I get up, I go to work, and I go home. I'm like, God, why did you use me today? Because I wasn't looking. See, God's called all of you to be the light of the world around us. We got to step into it. We got to be looking for it. It's your time. It's your time, church. It's our time to step into what God's called us to step into. God, it's such a time as this, man, I can't think of a better time for us to rise up and be the people God's called us to be. I can't think of a better people for God to use than those sitting in these seats right now. It's time for us to step up and step out. Amen? Let's say, God, use me. See, Nothing happens by coincidences, church. I'm telling you, you are where you are for a reason. You need to recognize your potential and you need to step into it, even if it's crazy. Because when you step, that's what faith is. Stepping into something, even though you're scared to death, you got faith that God's going to supply. See, she had to exercise faith in this. What if I walk in here? And this wasn't like, you know, I'm going to get kicked out. No, uh uh-uh. I'm going to die. She had to exercise faith. Some of us need to exercise the same faith that she has. She, what, what, what did she do? She walks up there. She walks up. She walks walks up in there. And it was the moment. She continued to read through four and five. She walks in. And it was the moment. What did the king do? God showed her favor. The king took the scepter and he reached it out and he said come on in good thing I wouldn't Esther because I would have had a little praise dance right there I imagine inside she was like thank you God I, I, I'm, I'm walking in where you want me to be and church for us to walk in what God's called us to walk in it means us take a step of faith and every time that we take that step of faith and God answers our prayers that's just like the kings taking out the scepter saying come on in but you won't never experience that unless you take that step. Unless you take that step. God's called us to be people of faith. I, I, I love 1 Peter 2, 9. It says, it says, for he called us out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Man, I'm ex- how many of you are excited that God called you out of darkness? He's called me out of darkness. I ain't got to be a child of the darkness. Amen? He's called me into the light. So because of that call into the light, I got a responsibility to walk in the light. Y'all with me? Walking in the light is hard some days. Walking in the light is confrontational some days. Walking in the light means I have to walk away from some people that are in darkness. But you know what? If the light is worth it, I'm going to walk away from it and I ain't going to grab one bit. 
I'm going to do what God's called me to do. I'm going to be the people He's called me to be. Because church, I'm telling you, He has called us to do this at such a time as this. He has called you to step out and be that bold man and woman of God. And some of you in this room right now, He's calling you out right now to take that step of faith and say, I want to follow Jesus because I never really have. I had this Sunday morning religion, but I ain't got a relationship. I don't talk to Him. I don't even know Him except for Sunday or when I need Him. Some of us got all the knowledge, but see, knowledge is worthless unless we're walking it out. See, Esther was in the position. Esther had the heritage. Esther had the right. Esther had everything. But Esther would not have been delivered if she hadn't acted on it. And so many people that go to church every Sunday, the difference in heaven and hell is acting on what they say they believe. Walking toward Jesus. And I love it because Esther realized. Esther realized it was her time. And she was willing to sacrifice whatever. Church, are you realizing yet that it's your time? Are you realizing yet that it's your time? And she stepped out. See, I want you to understand something. For us to walk in what God's called us to walk in, then we got to be a committed people. We got to be in it to win it. Y'all with me? Not just in it for Sunday. I'm in it to win it. I'm in it to win the prize. I'm, you know what I'm in it for? I'm in it. I ain't in it for you to say, man, that was a good sermon Sunday. I ain't in it for that. I'm in it. To the day I close my eyes, I hear that voice saying, well done, my good and faithful servant. I ain't in it for nothing else. I love y'all to the moon and back. But I ain't in it for y'all. Because if I was in it for y'all, I'd quit. When y'all complain, oh, y'all don't complain none. But you know what I'm saying? I, 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 my emotions would ride on your acceptance of me or not. But when I'm in it to win it for Jesus, my only acceptance is in Him. I'm pursuing Him every day. So, church, I want to ask you something. Only you know your commitment level. Only you know where you are. Have you been in it to win it, or you just been in survival mode? Have you have you been in that place where you're like Esther? Mordecai said, look, you need to step out and you're a bottle of nerves because you're worried of what stepping out is going to look like. You're worried, oh, babe, what, what's it going to cost me? And if that's you this morning, I just challenge you to come to this altar and give it to God and say, Lord, take this away to me. Help me, Lord, realize that whatever it's going to cost me, it's worth it because you're worth it. And if you don't know Jesus, if you truly haven't given him your life, if you've had this Sunday morning faith every time you've opened the door, if you don't have a relationship with Jesus, then come find me. I'll be standing right here. After the service, I'll be sitting right here. I would love to walk with you and talk with you about it. But we've got to be God's people, amen? Because all these good things that are happening is not circumstances, it's not just coincidence. It's because God's got great plans for us. God's great, got great plans for your life. And we've got to walk in it. We've got to step into it. And not to say, look what Connection Church did. But to stand back 50 years now and say, look what my God did. That's what I want. Amen. But we've got to step. give your life to Jesus or you're going to stay riding pew every week or the seat every week 
Are you going to just be okay with going through the motions? Are you going to be more committed? Are you going to realize, look, it's my time to shine, baby. I'm going to get out of this complacency zone I've been laying in. And I'm going to get out and I'm going to walk the walk. Where are you at this morning? If you will stand with me. Father God, I just come to you, Lord, and I ask you to, Lord, crush our hearts what crushes yours. That, God, you would change us, that we would be people after your own heart. That we wouldn't just look at opportunities and say, man, that's a cool opportunity. But we would step into it and say, God has, God's got a plan for my life. I'm going to go after this with all that I have. God, I pray that you would give us that, that passion to go after you like we get up and go after that dollar every morning. God, give us that passion to go after you as if our life depended upon it. God, I pray that you would help all of us pursue you as if we had a terminal disease and we wouldn't make it tomorrow. God, give us the mindset that, look, tomorrow is a gift and today is the, is, is, is the present. I need to walk in it right now. God, help us have hearts that want to commit deeper to you. They want to get rid of, I pray that you give all of us in this room the, the courage and, and the, the tenacity, Lord, to walk away from comfort and walk into you, God, the things you're asking us to sacrifice. I pray that we would boldly be able to sacrifice those things and not gripe, but say, I'm willfully giving this to you, God, because you're more greater than this world. God, show us that. Give us that heart. That is, God, that is a miracle, Lord. Lord do miracles right now, Lord. Allow us that are blinded to where we are. Help us see. God, God, those of us in this room that have been deaf to your voice, God, open our ears so we may hear you today, Lord. God, those of us that have hard hearts because of religion, because of relationships, because of the past, God, break the hardness of our hearts because only you can change a heart, God. So, Lord, I beg you today to change us so we can step into what you created us for. God, change us so we can walk with purpose. God, change us so we can walk with passion. God, change us so we can walk in joy. God, help us be men and women that walk in victory, realizing that the, 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 the war is already won, God. You've already beat everything. I just have to walk in you. God, give us that. Show us that. God, I beg you to open our eyes. God, give us wisdom as we walk forward. And Lord, the men and women under the sound of my voice that are struggling with, am I saved or am I not? Am I really walking with them or am I not I pray you would give them the boldness and the courage to step out and come talk to me to come talk with a friend to talk with anyone with a blue shirt that God they wouldn't leave this place without concrete assurance of their salvation God move today thank you Jesus